0: In the heart of one of the most significant pericopes of scripture to the seventh day adventist faith community is one of jesus's most popular methods of living a questionable life the section of scripture i am speaking of is revelation chapter 3 verses 14 through 22 which we know it as the message to the church of laodicea the last church a church representing the last church in history, the remnant church in history, the church that, that has truth but is lukewarm, the church that has a message but no messengers. In the midst of that passage, we read a verse. And if you'll turn there to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, we read this message right in the midst of this message to the last church in history. Behold... Jesus says I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And he with me. The symbolic method of reconciliation, the symbolic method or the symbolism of restored relationship between Jesus and his last day church is the symbolism of sharing a meal with one another. Jesus doesn't say, I stand at the door and knock, and when you open the door, I'm going to come in, and I'm going to give you a hug. He doesn't say, I stand at the door and knock, and I'm going to come in, I'm going to clean your house, or we're going to watch some TV together. The, the symbolism that Jesus uses to, to identify the reconciliation that is to happen between him and his last day church is, is a meal, eating with one another. Jesus says, I will come in, and I will eat with you. The power of a meal. How powerful is eating with another person? From the Atlantic uh, Magazine, a 2014 article titled, The Importance of Eating Together is the following paragraph. Sadly, the author writes, Americans rarely eat together anymore. In fact, the average American eats one in every five meals in his or her car alone. The average American, one every five meals. So every fifth meal they have, they're eating in their car alone. One in four Americans eats at least one fast food meal by themselves every single day. And the majority of American families report eating a single meal together less than five days a week. It's a pity, he continues, that so many Americans are missing out on what could be meaningful time with their loved ones. But it's even more than that, he says. Not eating together also has quantifiable negative effects both physically and psychologically." And then he reports on the, fo- uh, the following study results. You can go on, on, on the internet and Google this, the importance of eating with others, and there's all kinds of studies and reports out there from various institutions, health institutions, and major universities, but these are the ones that were reported in The Atlantic. He says, "...students who do not regularly eat with their parents are significantly more likely to be truant at school." Children who do not eat with their parents at least twice a week also were 40% more likely to be overweight compared to those who do. That's obvious reasons those children, like some of us men, left to our own devisings, sometimes don't make the best food for ourselves. Puts on a little extra weight. Children who do eat dinner with their parents five or more days a week have less trouble with drugs and alcohol. They eat healthier. They show better academic performance. And this one I love. Most of all, and they report being closer with their parents than children who eat dinner with their parents left. often. The power of a meal. It is a blessing to kids, and, 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 and it is a blessing in how healthy they are both physically and mentally if they eat with their parents. It is also, though, a blessing to marriages. Who would have thought the request, pass the potatoes, please, not only will get you more potatoes, but it will also get you a better marriage? Who would have thunk it? Couples that eat together on a regular basis without distractions, TVs, cell phones, etc., are likely to converse more than, uh, than those that don't eat together. Duh, right? That seems pretty obvious. Yet how many of us wish we ourselves were closer with our spouse? How many of us wish that there was more communication with our spouses? Maybe that would be there if we just simply sat down together more often and shared a meal. Some may say the absence of physical intimacy can destroy a marriage. I would say the absence of eating with your spouse on a regular basis will destroy your marriage. If you don't eat together, You discourse less and thus your marriage health declines. The power of a meal. In the very first sermon in this series, uh, uh, this questionable series, in which we're looking at 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 what it means to live a questionable life, meaning a life that is that others look at and say, What makes them different? Or why do they do things this way? That provokes people to questions. In that in that very first uh, sermon, We heard from Ellen White, and she writes, Every follower of Jesus Christ has a work to do as a missionary for Christ. And the place she tells us to begin our missionary work is within the family. We are to be missionaries for Christ in the family. We are to lead questionable missionary lives first in our family. We can begin eating with one another you can begin being a missionary today you can begin having healthier kids and happier kids today you could begin having a better marriage today simply by sitting down at a simple meal and sharing it this evening or this afternoon and this evening without distractions but the power of a meal is not limited to impacts on families they found, they have discovered that, that the power of a meal can also dramatically reduce some of the social Ill, ills or biases that exist within our world. Alice Jullier, in her book, Eating Together, she states uh, uh, that, that eating together radically, they've discovered that eating together radically shifts people's perspectives. It reduces people's perceptions of inequality, And diners tend to view those of different races, genders, and socioeconomic backgrounds as more equal than they would in other social scenarios. In other words, if you eat with other people, you're more likely to be able to relate to those people even if they are different than you, thus breaking down prejudices and and barriers that exist between us. Our very own Mark Willey shared with me a recent encounter in his life we were uh, driving up to visit Pastor Charlotte, and we encourage you to continue to keep her in your prayers. She's, she's in the hospital at University of Maryland, but she's improving. But we were going up to visit Pastor Charlotte, and outside of the hospital, a gentleman asked me if I had any money, and I said I did not, I didn't have any cash on me. And, uh, but as we walked from him, Mark said I had an experience the other day, this guy outside the store asked me if, uh, this homeless man asked me for some change, and I told him that I didn't have any, but I asked him if he would like me to grab him something. If you'd like me to, to get him something. And the man said, yes, grab me some beer and some chips. <laughs> Mark said, well, and I'm, I'm proud of Mark for this. Mark said, I don't know that I can, I can do that, but would you like a real meal? I'd like to get you a real meal. And the man agreed. And so they got back into Mark's car and they went somewhere to eat. And over that meal, a sandwich, I believe Mark said that, And I think Mark uh, told me it was not a sandwich that he would find very appetizing with all the stuff the guy put on it. But, but, um, but he, the man was was thrilled to have this sandwich. But over the course of that meal that they shared together, Mark and this gentleman, Mark learned his story. And in the context of learning his story, Mark began to understand why this man was homeless. Not from the sense of, oh, no wonder this guy's homeless, I can see it clearly. But from the sense of, oh wow, now I see why he is homeless and I'd like to see what I can do about that to help change the situation. The power of the meal changed the context from this guy being just a man that was homeless asking for money and beer to a man that, was, that, that needed a home and Mark wanted to know how he could help him within this context. Eating a meal together helps break down some of our social stereotypes and some of those social barriers that we can begin to, to, to be closer together as a world and as a community Perspectives were altered when Mark shared this meal, just as Alice Julia's reports. But in our nation, Americans don't prioritize eating together anymore, not only with strangers, but even with one another. It wasn't always this way. Some of you remember the 1950s, and you may remember the name Elizabeth David. I read about her this week who was recognized as a sort of soul-stirring American culinary evangelist in her era. She, she helped uh, uh, people understand some of the finer things of of the Culinary Institute. She had a simple philosophy. Here was her simple philosophy for, for physical and psychological well-being. She, in her, in, her, in her working with people and working with food, she believed that, that people could have better physical health and psychological health based on two very simple things. She said, eat simply and eat together and you will be well, mentally and physically. Eat simply and eat together. Roland Mathis, in his article, Stay Happy and Healthy by Eating with Friends, writes, preserving the endangered ritual of regular communal meals can lead to a healthier and happier state even post-meal time. In other words, you don't simply sit down and enjoy that meal and you're not just happy eating that meal. But even after you part with that person that you shared the meal with, the happiness that you felt during that meal goes on and continues to, to stimulate you and motivate you throughout the day. The, the, the health benefits that you received in that moment of eating together, the mental health and the physical health benefits benefits that you received as you ate with with others at a table. Even after you leave and you're alone, you still feel the benefits of those things. In other words, we as a people should stop trying to avoid eating with one another and and we should try at every cost to avoid ever using the words, I'm just going to grab a bite and go or I'll take it to go. No, the lesson here is sit and eat with others, and you'll be happier and healthier. Your kids will be better students. They'll be less likely to do things that we would prefer them not to do. Your marriages will be stronger. Simply, don't just take a bite and run, but rather sit and eat and talk and fellowship with one another. But there is another reason to eat with people, and it is where we began this morning. Because it seems to be one of the primary methods of Jesus, this is the reason, because it seems to be one of the primary methods of Jesus' For the conversion of others. Please turn with me to your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 2. And whether it's Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea and Him trying to draw them back, woo them back, and remind them of who they are and His love for them, or whether it's individuals or groups, Jesus shows us that eating a meal was one of His primary methods for conversion of others. Mark, chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. In this story, Jesus is just, in Mark chapter 2, Jesus is healed a paralytic. And then Jesus calls Levi, who we know as Matthew, Levi Matthew. And he was a a tax collector, not very well liked. But Jesus called him, follow me. And Levi Matthew got up and rose and followed Jesus at his call. And then the Bible tells us in verse 15, And as he, that is Jesus, reclined at at the table in his house, Many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him, many sinners and tax collectors that followed Jesus. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? So Jesus is sitting here with a group of tax collectors and sinners, people that were not very well liked or not. Uh, up to social standards or acceptable social standards in Jesus' day. And Jesus is sitting there, and he's eating with them, and the question is asked, why are you eating with these people? And listen to the answer that Jesus gives. In verse 17, Jesus heard it, and he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, but I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Sinners. I came to not call the righteous, but sinners. In other words, when Jesus is asked, why would you eat with these people? Jesus' response is, I eat with people so that they may receive salvation. I eat with people so that they may receive salvation. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law questioned why Jesus would eat with these people. But I bet you there was another group that questioned why Jesus would eat with these people. You know who they were? The tax collectors and sinners. They knew who Jesus was. They knew he was a rabbi. They knew he was a respectable individual. They knew he was an upstanding and right person. And I bet you Jesus, and I bet you they in their own minds thought as well, why would this guy eat with us? But they didn't ask it from the question of why would he eat with us because because, uh, how horrible he is. They asked it from the question, why would he eat with us? There must be something different about this man. There must be something different about this man. And because the Bible tells us that many of these individuals, these tax collectors and these sinners, follow Jesus, the answer when they ask the question of Jesus, why would you eat with us? The answer that they must have received is because I love you and I came to save you. Because I love you and I came to save you. In Jesus' day... In Jesus' day, they questioned him because it was unnatural for Jesus to eat with these kinds of people. Today, if we were regularly to take opportunity to eat with others, it would be questioned because no one is purposeful about taking the time to eat with their family, much less those outside of their family. Another quick example from Luke chapter 19. There's one book over, one of our favorite stories from childhood and even into adulthood. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And he entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about, Jesus was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must go to your house today. So he hurried. Zacchaeus hurried down and came and received Jesus joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. When they saw it, that is those that were in the crowd, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But notice what happens when Jesus goes to, to sit at the table with someone who is known as a sinner. Zacchaeus said, Stood and said to the Lord, "Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold." And Jesus said to him, "Look at verse nine. Today salvation has come to this house." They were questioning, "What on earth was Jesus thinking? Why would Jesus be sitting there eating with this sinner?" And after inviting himself over for a Sabbath. Hot luck, Jesus changed changed Zacchaeus' heart and saved him for God's kingdom. He tells us why he went and ate with him, why he went and sat at his table. We see it because after Zacchaeus stood up and spoke, Jesus says, salvation has come to this house. Jesus' method of evangelism often seems to be communion around a table first with other people and conversion second conversion second communion around a table first and conversion second we see jesus living a questionable life eating with strangers and then strangers becoming believers eating with people to build relationship is questionable even in our modern society which is the very reason we as believers ought to be doing more of it and ought to be more intentional about it yet many of us are like the avonnes pastor in Portland, Oregon, who told of his neighbor, a story of his neighbor, who used to brag about making the best margaritas in all of Oregon. And every week, the Adventist minister, along with all his neighbors, were invited to a margarita night at their house. Margaritas and food. Every single week, this man would have margaritas and food at his house. But the pastor never accepted the invitation. If you were to ask him why, he would tell you, it is because I am being a witness by refusing to be part of such festivities. Till one day, someone decided to ask the Adventist pastor how often his neighbors asked him about his witness. How often his neighbors asked him about his commitment to God how often his neighbors asked him about his his faithfulness and his obedience to God. And as the pastor thought about it and he thought about this question, he realized that the answer was never. They never asked him any questions about his witness. You see, it is not questionable for the Adventist pastor not to go to a weekly gathering of neighbors with drinking margaritas, but it is questionable when the Avenue pastor shows up and, true to his faith, only drinks a bottle of water, not the margaritas. But he's there enjoying the fellowship. And before long, someone asks the question I see you only drink water. Why don't you drink? And he has an opportunity to answer a question. And before long, someone says, You know what? I feel like I drink too much. Will you pray for me? Or before long, a wife requests, you know, my husband, he's lost his job and he's starting to go downhill. Would you you pray for us? Before long, the Adventist minister who was sitting at home to be a witness realizes that being a witness meant living a life that was questionable and fellowshipping with the neighbors over a meal and margaritas and a bottle of water. We are not all evangelists. We are not all evangelists. Jesus knew That, which is why he illustrated to us that we don't have to have the gift of evangelism in order to help convert hearts. We can simply have the gift of eating, which I think most of you possess. (laughs) Eating is one of the best ways of leading people to Jesus. Jesus communed over a meal. Then he converted hearts. Jesus invited himself over to someone's house to eat, and then he converted hearts. Jesus knocks at the door of your heart, and he says, how can I make you understand this best? Oh, we'll sit down and we'll have a meal together, and your heart will be changed. The meal preceded salvation. Eating together preceded the salvation Over the next 30 days, those of you that eat three square meals a day will eat roughly 90 meals. You like how I did that math? Three times 30? 90 meals. Those that eat two meals a day will eat roughly 60 meals. I still had to look to make sure it was right. 60 meals a day. I want you to eat with others. I want you over this next month to begin the habit of eating with others, your family as often as you can, your friends as often as you can, but also will you commit to something else for me today? Will you commit to something else? Will you commit to making the effort that out of those 90 meals or out of even just those 60 meals that you will commit to making the effort to eat three meals with a neighbor, with a coworker, with a stranger on the street, with a homeless man or a homeless woman, any of the above that are not part of your faith community. The questions are on the back of your connection card to consider these steps today. And I pray that you will take that card and you'll look at it and you'll prayerfully consider these steps and you'll respond, listen, you'll respond as Jesus would have you respond. Not as what is comfortable, not as maybe what is convenient, but that you would respond as Jesus would have you respond. We do not all possess the gift of evangelism, but we all have the gift of eating, which may be why Jesus often started a communal meal and it ended with conversion. As an example to all Christians that if they can eat, they can convert hearts. So as you eat your 90 or 60 meals over this month, may God bless you as you begin converting hearts. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for calling us to live questionable lives. Last week we talked about being a blessing, blessing three people each and every week. Lord, I pray that we are doing that, that we are being intentional about that. Now in this month ahead, I pray that we will be intentional about blessing others by sharing a meal with them. And as we share meals with others, questions will be asked, dialogue will be had, and hearts will be changed, not by our power, not by the good food we make or the good food we buy, but by the power of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, it's amazing that you've given us such simple things, simple things that we do in our everyday life. And you say, if you will do this intentionally for me and my kingdom, you will change the world. Lord, may the Spencerville Church be a church of world changers for you, not because They're so knowledgeable, not because they're all evangelists, but because they all choose to eat with others. In your name we pray, amen.